Lord, this morning we pray that the meditation of our hearts and the words of my mouth be acceptable in thy sight. You may be seated. Dear friends, we are two weeks before Easter Sunday, drawing toward the end of the Lenten season, a season of preparation and reflection for the Christian church. During this season, I too am in a space of reflection. See, today marks almost exactly one year since Duke emailed students to tell us that campus was closing, that we would not return from spring break, that we would not be allowed back on campus to pack our things, that any essential items we needed would be mailed to us, and that everything else would be going into storage. The biggest shock of all of this was, of course, that we would be finishing our semester at home using 100% virtual learning. We began to grapple with not getting a chance to say goodbye to our friends who were then seniors. And we began to deal with the settling in of a disorienting yet impending feeling that summer would not be anything like we had imagined it. As a then junior, I wasn't quite yet worried about graduation. I was, however, painfully aware that I would no longer get to travel for my research. I had been slated to attend a trip to Palermo, Italy, where I would have spent a week in a very old and super cool library doing research for my thesis. And while it was a very nerdy and privileged dream, it was a dream of mine nonetheless. So watching it dissipate before my eyes hurt. And it made it extremely clear to us that even our little Duke bubble could not protect us from what was coming with COVID-19. Eventually, missing a trip to Italy became a distant memory and a small blip in what was the pandemic strife. The pandemic brought with it unparalleled loss and exhaustion and disorientation. And at the start of what would become a tumultuous year, we were faced with a very chaotic time and very little reprieve. Little reprieve from the loss of life, little reprieve for those on the front lines, little reprieve from the constant reminder that for the past year, everything we had planned has been paused, reversed, or shattered. A year later, we stand at a crossroads that many of us never could have fathomed, drawing closer to a second pandemic, drawing closer to a second Easter during the COVID pandemic, while also drawing closer to that moment in the Christian calendar, which denotes a washing away of past sins and the spiritual cleansing of God's people. Right now, these two moments stand in stark contrast to each other. On one hand lies all of the chaos, pain, and disregard for each other's humanity from the past year. And on the other sits the prophecy of fulfillment and awe brought to us by, by Christ. As we draw toward the death and resurrection of Christ, we often focus solely on the strength and power of Christ and of his holiness. But seldom do we ever stop 
to examine Jesus and his humanity and his personhood through all of this. Rarely do we ever inquire what the weight of being the incarnate person of God the Father and the Holy Spirit may have meant for Jesus the person. And thinking of what this weight may have meant to literally carry the salvation upon humanity of on humanity upon his shoulders, I think about Christ and I am reminded of all the administrative decision makers, teachers, parents, and healthcare workers who for the past year have carried the weights of success and failure, control and chaos of life and death on their shoulders. So this morning, as we think about the weight and strain on all of us, I want to take a few moments to talk about surrendering in the chaos. As we turn to today's scripture, we find a discussion of Christ accepting his appointment into the order of Melchizedek. Hebrews 5.5 and 5.6 tell us that Christ did not glorify himself in becoming a high priest, but was appointed by the one who said to him, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. More simply put, here we see God calling and Jesus answering. We see that for better context, we must examine exactly what Melchizedek was. Melchizedek was the order of ancient priest. And Hebrews 5.4 goes on to tell us that no one takes this honor on himself, but received it when called by God, just as Aaron was. Thus meaning that at the outset of this text, Jesus understood that this was a lifelong calling. And even with that, he entered into this responsibility humbly. Him entering into the priesthood is a defining moment for Christ. For although God had called Christ to this moment, he had not exempted Jesus from the trials that would come with a job description. In fact, he upped the ante for Christ. See, it was with the understanding that Jesus would not only be the keeper of his own problems, but the problems of those who were suffering, ignorant, and gone astray. And perhaps the most challenging piece of all of this was that he was meant to be gentle with them and take on the burden of their sins. But still, Christ was prepared, and he entered in humbly. But... If you were to ask anyone who works into service for their community, whether in the church or otherwise, they would tell you that this is not a light burden to carry. So when thinking about this, I stand here holding the balance between Christ's humanity and his holiness. I am struck by the thought of carrying the burdens of an entire community. And I once again come back to holding that example of Jesus on the one hand, and our chaos of 2020 and 2021 on the other. I am once again thinking about those carrying the weight of others' burdens. I think about carrying the burden of a household, the cooking, the cleaning, the worrying about if online kindergarten is setting your child up for success down the road. I think about those carrying the burdens of an entire classroom, asking, are the needs of every child being meant? 
Are they learning? Are they engaged? I think about carrying the burden of a university system. Is this the week clusters of COVID break out so large you have to send the students home? Will shifting to online models have a long-term effect on the university's budget? How do we prepare for the next school year when we have yet to survive this one? And of course, I am called to think about those carrying the weight of a healthcare system. How do you comfort a patient who has the virus that has claimed the lives of over 500,000? What do you tell their families? How do you keep your staff running in a battle ever waging? Better yet, how do you keep yourself running? Standing here with Christ on one hand and the chaos of our burdens on the other, the question remains for both, where can that burden be lifted? Where can we find even an ounce of peace and surrender? And we turn back to the text to find the answer. It goes on to tell us that although he was the son, Christ learned obedience through what he suffered. This reminds us that even in the end, with all of the stress and weight that Jesus carried with him, he obeyed to God's will, surrendering to his call. Yet, we must also pause here and establish something around the word obedience. Too often, that word is given to us, and it comes with the subtext that to obey is to follow without question. But, beloved, I offer up this notion. To obey is not to follow without question. Rather, to obey is to question truly and listen deeply and accept the answer that is offered. We can see that even in this text, Jesus learned obedience. And as any teacher or parent knows, any true process of deep learning requires an understanding and questioning on part of the student. And if you don't believe me, you can ask my mom. One cannot truly understand unless you have clarity and for clarity around a concept as deep and meaningful as being the savior of humanity, I hope that Jesus would have asked at least one question, perhaps even two. See, because even in his perfection as the son of God, Jesus leaned into his humanity to endure the process of learning. And it is here in that moment that we find the word for us believers of Christ. We find the reminder that to obey God and to follow his will is not to follow blindly and without question, but instead to question and to listen. We are, much like Jesus, meant to grow in our faith. And to do so, we must be comfortable asking God questions when we are uncertain and lost. Similarly, we must be comfortable listening to those answers that God provides us. And I can attest to the fact that some of those answers are not going to be what we want to hear. And that, beloved, is where the term obedience comes to pass. For there is nothing harder than to follow a command or a call or an instruction from God that is not what you wanted to hear. 
luckily for us, we are offered guidance on what to do when we get the answer that we didn't want. And despite what Jonah may have thought, no, the answer is not to run. Instead, it is to follow the example of Christ and see that one should offer up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears, leaning on the one who is able to save us. Just as Jesus did, he leaned on the one who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. Yes, sweet friends, the answer in that moment of internal conflict, fear, or uncertainty is prayer. And this doesn't have to be that dainty, organized, liturgical Sunday service prayer, for while there is a time, place, and need for that, chances are if you find yourself uncertain or questioning and lost, all hopes of dainty and organized have gone out the window. And that's okay. In fact, it is even a necessity. See, because to pray and to take your pains to Jesus and to God is to lean on him. And just as Jesus prayed, with his loud cries and with his supplications, he turned to the messy part of his humanity. He set aside for the moment the Jesus who was walking on water or praying for others, the Jesus who was feeding 5,000, and he did not become before God buttoned up or sterned. He came loosed and begging, praying and crying bringing it to God in whatever form necessary so that he could truly listen to what God offered him in return. And for that, God heard him. You see, God called and ordained Christ into the priesthood. He made Christ to do his work. He prepared him to carry the burdens, the sins, and misgivings of the community around him, but... When the humanity of Christ could no longer the bear the work and the pain by his lonesome, he remembered the one who had sent him. He leaned back on the God who called him to this place, and he left it all with God. He surrendered what he could not carry to the one who could quell the tumult. Friends, we are two weeks from Easter. In one of the deepest senses of chaos and pain this nation has seen in a very long time. And we are called to do the same. We as individuals and even as communities can no longer carry the weight of caring for ourselves and for those around us. We have become tired weary and consumed with worry. And so, we must lean back on the one who has prepared us, the one who can quell the chaos within us. We may take to God all that pain loosed and unadulterated, and beloved, we may leave it with him, knowing that he has never yet failed us trusting that the one who shows us how to bear the burdens of this world will also bear us through our own chaos.
Amen.